Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Manchester United have produced the impossible. Hello, welcome to United Hour, your official RedCafe.net podcast for all things at Manchester United. My name's Imran. I'm Paul. And I'm Jimmy. And we're coming to you literally minutes after the final whistle against Leicester in the FA Cup quarterfinal. A pretty dismal 3-1 loss, which we'll get into. But before we do, there's a couple of housekeeping things. Quite a lot of changes going on at United Hour, which we like to keep you abreast of. Um, as always, we thank you for keeping to listen to us. And we've joined um, Sports Social Podcast Network, which is quite an exciting move for us. So sports pod- the Sports Social Podcast Network are the UK's first dedicated sports podcast network. We're part of them now, and they're going to be supporting us. And we'll, if that anything exciting comes out of that, we'll let you know. But yeah, it does mean that our back catalogue of uh, podcasts have all kind of disappeared now. Um, so if you really want to listen to us talk about our 2-1 loss against Sheffield United, you will be unable to do that. <laughs> Any listener who's going back into the archives to re-listen to old podcasts, seek help, please. <laughs> well, I mean, who doesn't want to hear about our one or draw against West Brom? I mean, that's, I know that's what I listen to mostly. Um, but yeah, if, if there's if any reason, you always get into this on Twitter, Instagram, and we'll have a way to sort you out. But yeah, uh, on to the game. Uh, 3-1. Pretty comprehensive win for Leicester, I would say. I think uh, our goal was very much against the runner player, and we deserved nothing from this game. Um, what's your two-minute takeaway coming out of that game? Uh, <laughs> disappointment. Uh, for my anger, confusion. Confusion at some of the decisions I think made by Ole. Um, Leicester are a very good team. Brendan Rodgers, very good coach. Uh, their midfield and their back three, I think it's a good argument that they're all better than a lot of our players. You know, you'd take a lot of that team um, at United. So, you know, a game against them is always going to be tough, but I don't think we've helped ourselves at all today. And the performance was pretty abject from start to finish. I, I agree with you. I think the goal came from nothing. Um, and apart from that, we didn't look like scoring at all. And uh, it was just a, an absolutely brutal performance. Um, but just uh, my main thing is confusion. I find a lot of the things that happened today very difficult to explain. Um, it is just a bad day at the office, but I think there's, there is, there's mistakes there, clearly. 
Mm, yeah, uh, Jamie, same question to you. What's your immediate thoughts after this game? To take a leaf out of Wayne Rooney's book, angry and confused. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of who said that uh, when Colm was talking about it. I was like, sure the, someone the, said they were angry. The minute Colm mentioned it, I was like, aye, that's definitely a Wayne Rooney statement. Nah. Wayne Rooney's so much my hero that I'm subconsciously channeling him. <laughs> or ch- ch- channeling him. But... Um, <laughs> exasperated as well to be honest because I feel like within our discord chat and so many times in the podcast the thing that I tend to get really frustrated with the team about is possession I I, I generally despair of how we play in possession and that today was just an entire game of players making the wrong decisions in terms of going for massive Hollywood-style passes that just were never on, that were so far off target that there was just no point in them whatsoever. Trying to play the wrong pass when we have an overlap or when we've got the chance to break forward. And then just, in general, just passing standard. The passing standard was just dreadful. I, I can't even find the right word for it because it was just happening time and time and time again. And... At half time, you were thinking, right, we cannot possibly get worse because this has been so bad, it has to improve. And it, and it did get worse. It got even worse in the second half. It, it was just it was just a terrible game. Bad day at the office, as Colm said. Yeah, and really disappointing to go out of the FA Cup at the quarterfinal stage. Well, we always end up going out of these tournaments late. And, well, it's not a semi final again, it is quarters. And I think. Feel like as soon as that draw was made at half time and we knew yeah. we were going to play Southampton, it's like, yeah, we're definitely, we, I can't see us winning this. I mean, we our team go to some great lengths to make sure we don't get into finals. And it, it also made it more appealing to win the game, which is even yeah, worse. That, well, why do they have to do the draw at half time? I find mystifying. Like, that's, that's confusing to me as well. Like, why do an absolutely brutal draw um, with Ian Wright, I think, and Lineker at half time? Like, it just makes no sense to me at all. And I'm sure. Was, uh, was it was it Dion Dublin? Was it Dion Dublin? Yeah. Um, Oh, it's calm. just it's not a good look, is it? <laughs> it's just it's just awful timing. Um, well, I mean, you know, when things come more appealing for us, that's usually when uh, things tend to go sour. Just it's just yeah, it's really disappointing. And I think to a man, nobody had a good game today, and I think that's the really disappointing bit as well. Like you could tell how much how up for it their players were compared to ours. It was it was night and day really. Only one team were winning that from the first half performance, and then the second half was more of the same. Like they just wanted it more and. Just really, just lackadaisical, lazy effort from us, um, encapsulated in uh, several moments in the game, which we'll all we'll, we'll dig into, of course. But on the lineup, obviously, a lot of changes made by Ole from the the game against Milan. Weird because we actually have an international break coming up now, where we don't play for two weeks, and you'd think if there's any time to run players into the ground, it's before they they go off and go wherever or can maybe even pull up with mysterious injuries before their international duty. Um, Colm, were you, were you surprised to see players like Van Der Beek and Tellez come in? Yeah, I was extremely surprised. Um, you know, when I saw the team sheet, I didn't think it was too bad. I was pleased to see Pogba play. I didn't realise he, he was going to have his minutes managed so closely, but I didn't think that was an issue. Because um, certainly I think you need one, or him, one of him or Bruno. Uh, I thought Shaw coming out was, was very odd. Um but Tellez usually is okay. He's just not quite... At, I mean, Shaw is such a key player to us now that, you know, he can never really fill those boots. Um, Van der Beek, I was ple- pleased to see. We're always pleased to see Van der Beek, but then you watch him and you realise why you maybe shouldn't be so pleased to see him again. Um, but I agree with you. I think 
you know, I was pleased to see them, but a quarterfinal against a, a, an extremely strong Leicester side is just not the time nor the place. And it's it's so bizarre to me that we go through a whole season of Ole making no rotation whatsoever, and even in this cup, even in the formative stages of the cup, you know, dropping in one or two players, but basically playing his strongest eleven with you know just one or two to suddenly make four big changes um, in this game of all games. But as you say, before an international break, I thought it was very strange. Look. We have to rotate the squad. We've been saying, um, you know, week on week that that's looking like one of his biggest issues and failings this season is that he hasn't mm. used his squad particularly well. He doesn't seem to um, trust players outside of his core group, uh, which is maybe fair enough. But, you know, you can't have that stance all year. And then when it gets to the sharp end of a tournament, decide that that's the time to change your ways. It's just bizarre to me. It sends a very mixed message. I think you have to be consistent. Um, and that's that's very strange to me. And then, you know, to make such wholesale changes, you know, 60 minutes just shows that, you know, okay, has to try and remedy the situation. But I think it was it was beat before it started. The other thing I would say on that is how many times do we just play Fred and Maddox together before we realize that it is diabolical? It just doesn't work. does not it work. Is, it doesn't work on any level. I mean, Maguire, or sorry, Maddox should retire, absolutely, probably tomorrow. But you can't just keep picking that same unit and expecting anything different. It's 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 been proven time and time again particularly this season yeah. it just does not work why do we keep expecting a different result it, they so obviously detract from one another and both are, are the less for it you know as soon as yeah. McTominay came on even though he was brutal as well Fred looked a different player you know having had one of the worst 60 minutes you're ever likely to see from a centre midfielder so you know very very strange I think you have to say oh he got it all wrong I have a small amount of sympathy because I do think you know rotation, we've been asking for rotation yeah. so we shouldn't maybe you know be so uh, quick to dish out criticism when we get what we've been asking for. But, you know, give me it in the first leg against Milan, not before an international break. Again, uh, you know, the the team third in the league breathing down your neck who are a very strong outfit. Like, it's just madness. Yeah, that's, I mean, the devil advocate's point on that is, well, you want rotation, here's rotation, but it's about managing it, isn't it? And putting it in at the right time, in the right game. Um, And Leicester, I'd say, yeah, the third. I mean, along, you could argue us, uh, them, Chelsea, one of us are the second, third, and fourth best teams in the country. I mean, yeah. Liverpool, whatever, whatever. They should. Yeah. But, um, As well with Rashford injured, you know, you're looking at who's your who's your core players. It's Bruno Shaw and Rashford this season. Pogba's been missing, so he's he can't really be counted on. He's just coming back from an injury, so you don't know what kind of pop you're getting get going to get. Mm. You're already missing Rashford, so then they take out your other two best players. Okay, maybe Maguire fits in there somewhere as well, but. It just for me, it had to be one or other, and not both. And then also the centre midfield issue. You know, I just think it was all wrong. Well, I mean, I mean, when I was looking at the lineup, like you, I was like, well, it's nice to see some of these players. But I was also thinking, there is not many people in this lineup who I expect to see anything from at the same time. Hmm. Um, like maybe Pogba was the only one really who I would expect anything from. Not like that. Not to say that Greenwood's been terrible at everything, and he did score today. But isn't he with the form he's in? I'm not expect, exactly expecting him to be banging in the goals and. When you've got no Rashford in there, no Bruno, no even Luke Shaw. Like when I, when Luke Shaw's on the pitch and attacking, I get excited because I think something might happen. But with who we had on, I was like thinking, I was thinking where we're going to get the goals from, and it kind of our attack really didn't really do much today. A couple of moments here and there, but nothing sustained. Um, Jamie, well, we touched on the the Matic Fred midfield combo. Then it never works, and it is terrible. Maybe because they're both left footed. Who knows? It just it is always shocking. It's definitely our worst centre midfield pairing um what did you make of Fred and then lead that into our into their first goal which was truly shocking well the first thing I thought when I, when I saw the rotation I, I agree with both of you guys that 
yes, you want to see more rotation and Ollie has done absolutely nowhere near enough of it this season and this, to me, okay, yeah, it was surprising. You were intrigued more than anything as to how some players were going to get on in the game, but it, it was a hell of a gamble and it was very surprising to see the changes just considering we're playing Leicester away. Regarding Fred, and that's kind of why I was a bit surprised to still see him playing, the sheer number of minutes he's played, and Colm there is mentioning the core players, and I know what he means in terms of who's the most important and who is the core players, but you would have to class Fred as a core player over the last two years, just off the sheer number of minutes he's played in midfield. And to see him playing yet again... With the with the rotation there in terms of McTominay rested and Fred starting, that was one that I thought before the game I maybe would have gave Fred a rest. One, because we know the Matic and Fred combination just doesn't work. And two, off the sheer number of games he's played, I actually probably would have rested him over McTominay. And I think McTominay probably would have worked a little bit better with Matic. But looking at, his, uh, looking at Fred's game in isolation today... Certainly for the first 60 minutes, you'll struggle to see a worse performance from a midfielder anywhere because he just did nothing right. He couldn't pass the ball five yards, he couldn't pass the ball 50 yards, he couldn't pass the ball sideways, he couldn't pass the ball back towards the keeper, as we'll allude to, um, for the goal. But it was just a wretched performance. No matter what he tried, it just didn't come off. He couldn't compose himself. He was getting harried far too much from the Leicester midfield. Like Indeed, he looks a tremendous player. But it wasn't just him. Every one of the Leicester uh, midfield was just getting stuck right into both him and Matic. And both of them, to be fair, both of them couldn't live with it. And it, it was panicking the both of them, but more so Fred. Fred just could not keep the ball. Literally, if he was trying to run with the ball, couldn't keep it. Trying to pass the ball, couldn't keep it. Trying to... Get us on the front foot, couldn't do that. Couldn't find anyone in front of him. You could see from the first time it happened, and it did happen two or three times before the goal, where he just passed the ball straight to one of the opposition players. Leicester just kept putting the pressure on him. Just kept getting right up in his face, pushing right on top of him, and not letting him breathe, not letting him have the chance to try and sell. Because they knew he just was having an, an unbelievably bad performance. The goal itself, I mean, I'm trying to remember because it's happened once before. I'm sure it was against Wolves where he was past the ball. Yeah, I think you're right. It was a couple of years ago, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and he lost the ball on the edge of the box, tried to play it back towards whoever it was, whether it was the defender or the goalie, but Wolves, the Wolves player takes the ball right off him and, we, and they end up scoring. This was more or less the exact same thing. I wouldn't even... Uh, People I saw on Twitter and things like that trying to blame Maguire for the, for the pass. That's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. nonsense. He plays that ball into Fred. It's, and, and it's then the decision-making and, and the actual touch by Fred that gets us in trouble. It's, I, I, can't, I can't even fathom what he's even thinking trying to play that ball back to, back to Henderson when you can literally see Ian Atchell stood there. I, I don't understand what he's trying to do. Fred can do a million things differently. I think Fred can do a lot of things better. He can 
to hold the ball and, and kind of put his back into, I think, Telemans or whoever's pressing him. He can play it quickly out to the, either side. He can actually just make a good pass to Dean Henderson, um, which would have solved the issue as well. But I do think it's quite poor for Maguire. However, I would also say that whole game, we were just committed to this playing it out from the back yeah. in the sloppiest of ways with, with Leicester, probably the one of the, like now that Liverpool have gone off the cliff, one of the best, or if not the best, kind of pressing, harrying team um, in the league. Like, it was just mystifying to me. And, and that just doubles down the absolute absurdity of playing Maddich with Fred, because I have a little bit of sympathy for Fred. Look, horrendous today. Absolutely horrendous. And a lot of the bad habits that we had hoped, you know, we weren't going to see again, that really would have raised a lot of questions about his United career, particularly early in it, and that he seemed to have ironed out. But the thing with Fred is he'll just keep going and doing the same thing. He has, you know, he doesn't seem to have that mentality to kind of, you know, compose himself in a bad game. He he will always go and ask for the ball. He will always put himself in those positions and he will always try and play out, even when every single thing he's doing in the game is going awfully. But I felt that A, Maguire doesn't have to give it in there and it's just basically fobbing the ball off to him. And B, Matic just did not help. Matic just hides when we have the ball in the back four. You know, he just doesn't, whether it's legs or whatever, he doesn't move for for other people and he doesn't make himself available. So I felt a lot of sympathy for Fred in a sense in that he was, it was him or nothing, basically. If we wanted to move the ball out and we did not want to play it long, we did not want to play it down the channels. Now with, you know, Marshall up top, I kind of understand why that can't happen anyway. But without that, you need both your midfielders working hard to actually go and show for the ball and only Fred was the one doing it now don't get me wrong horrendous again on so many occasions you're right Jim it wasn't just the goal and it wasn't you know even it didn't even stop with the goal you know it kept going right through the game yeah, until he was, well, yeah. was taken off it was absolutely horrendous you know it completely sinks Henderson but I just think all around like the whole back four I just think we were so lazy in the way we wanted to play it out inviting them onto us and then you know you've got you know Maddox there doing nothing and Fred trying to do too much even when he's having one of the worst performances you're ever likely to see it's just like the gifts that we gave to Leicester today you know it's a tough enough game goes down to that thing I mean Nick likes to talk about a lot but the playing out of the back thing when you don't really you, you should stop but you, no team's ever seen to do so and they just keep trying to do it they're always trying to play it out the back no matter how you get, much you get impressed play it out the back is like the only way to do things and generally that's what they'll do and in, in that sense I think Maguire's pass is fine. Fred asks for the ball. Fred runs towards the ball. Thielman's not even that He's not even that close out. to him. That's the He's thing. He's not even that close. He's got a good yard on him. And you think, okay, Fred's got actually... The, the way I see that is, if Maguire plays that pass to Fred, Fred touched it normally, passed it back to Henderson, Henderson passed it out wide. Not one person in the world thinks, oh, Maguire played, played a dodgy pass there. Hmm. The, world, the world just goes on and everyone's like, well, that was some football that I watched. Uh, nobody thinks a thing. So really, I don't see how anyone, and only just because, literally because Fred could not control a five-yard pass or play a five-yard pass is the only reason anyone's even mentioning Maguire's name, which is nonsense to me. Like, yes, maybe we should be playing out of the back, which is totally granted when we're playing Leicester, who are harrying us, and it's, you know, we're we're constantly losing the ball around 10, 20 yards from our own goal, which we did several times. But yeah, from there, Fred's got to do better. But it is what it is is it's a testament to perseverance from Fred because yeah, twice it's he, admirable. He, yeah, it's admirable. Like you, if you keep going, you can give the opposition a goal. So <laughs> that's what we'll take away from this one, kids. I'm sure he'd have been on the ball plenty had he played. James no. Madison is out, and Ianacho is in, and Kalechi Ianacho has put Leicester City in front. His hot streak goes on. Fred's had a rotten start. Actually, after that. I'd say we didn't. We responded. We didn't really respond. The goal can came. Our goal came. It came out of nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, just nothing. Pogba doing some decent stuff on the left. Nice ball in. Great doing from Van der Beek. 
the irony, of course, being that Van der Beek's best thing that he did all game was not touching the ball. <laughs> and um, a nice finish from Greenwood. And it was nice to see Greenwood scoring a goal. Probably our better player, one of our better players today. Yeah, best player, I would say. Yeah. Without being brilliant or anything. I thought yeah. he actually looked a bit comfortable on the ball. Um, and it was nice to see him score. Colm, I know you're a big fan of Greenwood and wanting to get more minutes. How do you feel like he did today and what do you think of his goal? Yeah, I, thought, I thought he was just about, I mean, he got a goal which was brilliant, particularly for him. I think he'd gone something like 19 games as starting without scoring or something in the in something I don't know I heard. Um, but yeah, I thought he was all around good. I think he, you know, he struggled to get into it. I thought he was much better when the subs came. He looked like he really, he, well, the whole team got a bit of energy for that before it all kind of got sucked out of us again. Um, but yeah, I thought his touches were sharp. You know, I I just, I don't think he should be playing out in the, out in the right. You know, I, I don't understand what Marshall's doing to justify that. I appreciate it's difficult when Rashford's out and we don't have the options. You want to play a pog ball to the left, which makes sense. Um, but I think that's just a little unfair. It's just because he's better at it um, than a lot of other people. But I still think it's at a service. Gold was extremely well taken on his left. Uh, lovely little dummy. And I assume he gave him, you know, Vanderbeck a shout for it as well. Um, you just want to be involved more, but I don't think you can take you know, too much away from him today in that sense because there was just we were just doing nothing on the ball. You know, the everyone around him I think was extremely poor. You know, I thought for the most part he was decent. Yeah, and um Jamie on Van der Beek, I mean we all he comes up a lot, I guess, just because he is our big money signing yeah. and he's not really showing anything. But I always find it hard to judge him because what, one off game against Leicester after returning from injury, judge Van der Beek. It seems very harsh, but I mean, he's he's got to grab one of these opportunities at some point, you'd think. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I just think he's he's getting a bit lost in our team at the moment. And the more I watch him, the more I'm convinced, don't play him in the number 10 position. Try him a bit deeper because he is tidy on the ball. He does keep it well. Um, it's frustrating sometimes as well because he's playing higher up the pitch and I always feel too many times he wants the ball, not just, he doesn't want it to feed, that's not what I'm trying to say, but he wants it in a very particular position and then his first thought is always keep the ball. It's not necessarily trying to get us on the front foot, trying to break the line. It's just make sure that the team keeps the ball. And so the more I watch him, I think I wouldn't mind seeing him in a, in, in a midfield position for just further back from the number 10 position because I, I do think he would help us keep the ball. I think he's one of the few players that does look to try and keep it rather than try the, try the same really hard pass that's not always on or the risky pass. And I would I would just like to see him just play a little bit deeper, but it is really hard to judge him because if he plays a game, it's, it's one game in six or seven that he plays. He maybe comes on and plays five or six minutes at the end of a game. And it is, it's really difficult to take a chance. It's not like he's a a forward and if you throw a forward on with five minutes to go or give him a game like this the chances he might all they might score a goal or they might influence a goal it's really difficult playing in the number 10 position or playing a little bit deeper to try and affect the game when you have such little time on the pitch but he, he does need to do something I agree he needs he needs to do more and I think Genus said it on commentary and he said yeah okay he might be he might be looking disappointed to be coming off again but he needs to be doing more whether that's go and look for the ball even though it's not really working just keep showing for the ball keep trying something keep trying to influence the play up front because at the moment when you look back on his performances I just don't see enough of what he's done in the game to think 
he deserves to maybe start the next game. I, I just I I find it difficult with him at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's miles off from showing anything that that shows he deserves to start a game. I think, and I think you're absolutely right. He should play deeper. The sad thing is, Ole will never even consider that. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I, it just will never happen. Fred could serve up that kind of performance day in day out, and he'd still start above him every single game of the week. And that's that's mad to me, given that we have three sentiment fielders at the moment until Pop has come back, obviously, and they all need a rest. And we've had Van der Beek there the whole time, who can clearly play football there. But Ole values physicality and defensive traits and solidity more than he does footballing quality. And that's that moving forward, I think, could be a huge issue for us. But it just won't happen, so it's, it's barely worth asking for because you just know it won't happen happen. it just won't and and then the the issue with playing 10 is i mean you're playing 10 behind bruno and that that is i just think an absolute nail in the coffin for vanderbeck i mean as bad as we were today when bruno came on we were a million miles better and he was so involved immediately just dictating you know for five ten minutes before the goal went in and that kind of sucked all the air out of us i think um it, it was just again so apparent and it's not difficult just to pick up a good position and to you know, spread the ball around and and be progressive, and I just think he's such a mismatch to the way we want to play. Yeah, and it's it's extremely sad to see, but he's just equally there's just a lot of negative habits there. And I agree, you can't judge a player just on these one off, two month apart appearances. You know, it doesn't you know it doesn't serve anyone. Everyone needs a run of games. It's very hard just to come into even fixtures against smaller teams. It's hard to come into. Never mind coming into a game against Leicester, but. You know, there's times today where it just everything goes backwards. There was one yeah. just before he got subbed off where he kind of picked the ball up and it kind of broke to him and he exchanged a, a quick ball to Marshall. And he ran behind Marshall and then just started jogging slower and slower as Marshall kind of ran towards the defenders. And then Marshall tried to take on three defenders and kind of dived. Um, and Evans and Tiedemann said he dived. But I was just watching van der Beek and he was the only man supporting them in the attack he played him in the pass he, he initially was right behind him and, and should be sprinting to get ahead of him or to either side of him to offer an outlet and he just kind of slowly jogged allowing himself to fall backwards i was just wondering what is the point like what are you possibly hoping are you hoping Maguire or, or marshall just stops dead turns around and passes it back to you because why would anyone ever do that it's bizarre and mm. um, so a lot of the behaviors i see on the pitch from him are not good i just I just don't see how he's a yeah, 10. Yeah, he's not a 10. Like, Never a 10. To me, he doesn't have any of the attributes that you'd want for a 10. He, to me, I, get, I agree with both of you, he should be playing deeper. And I think if we had someone like Ndidi in our midfield, you'd, I think Oli would be more open to that idea. I think because we don't have that pure defensive midfielder, if you will. Um, I mean, I guess Fred maybe is, but even then, I don't really see Fred as that, to be honest with you. Um, then maybe you'd put Van der Beek next to him. But really, I just don't see him at 10. He's neat, he's tidy, he keeps the ball well. He gets around the pitch a bit. He's not necessarily quick. I don't know. He does need to do more, but how? I can't really... I, I need to see more of him. He just looks like a break killer at the moment. You know, we want to play on the transition and the ball comes to him and there's immediate balls on and he just has to stop, check back, beat a man, make sure he's safe and tidy. And then inevitably the thing's beat, you know, and he just slows it down. It's just such a mismatch of you know, stylistically at the moment. It doesn't help that he also he also looks like he's just been crying all yes, the time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's the amount of times he does stop the ball. Like you don't need to stop the ball every single time. Like it comes to him, and it's it's he would rather put his foot on the ball and play a one-two with somebody. And I don't even mean an attacking one-two. It's just a one-two in terms of maybe pass it back to the left back to get it back again. It's like he just needs to be a bit more forward thinking, and if he's going to be playing further up the pitch. Stop! Just stop with the negative 
sideways and back the way past, and that's fine if he if he is playing deeper. Yeah, can make sure we keep the ball and keep it in rotation. But if we're going to be persistent and saying no, he has to, he has to play in the ten position because he's going to fill in for Bruno. He needs to stop with that particular action. And Colm, you're absolutely right. That one instance is one that I think of where he just jogged after Martial, and it's like that's an instance. And again, it's it's probably not fair comparing it with Bruno. But if Bruno plays he- that pass. The first thing Bruno does is oh, yeah. absolutely go after. screaming yeah. after the ball. The hammer. Out and, to the right-hand side, get past that, him. That's yeah. what he needs to do. If he's going to play the ball forward to one of the forward players, if it's Martial, Rashford, whoever it is, get after them and just provide support. You may not get the ball back, but you just need to accept that's the way it is. Just go and support the, the forward play. I also wonder, is he able of, you know, to play a pass more than 20 yards? Because <laughs> I, I don't actually think I've seen him. I don't know that I've seen him hit the ball over head height, never mind over 20 or 30 yards. Like, he just has this, and maybe it's an axe thing, maybe, you know, I don't know what it is, but everything is just, it's just this one thing all the time, you know, and it's it's not doing anything for us. But I do have a lot of sympathy for him. I really, really hope, you know, they kind of get to the end of the season and take stock of, of what he can actually give to us and where he's best suited to play and how we play our football. Because at the moment, you know, and, and hopefully they'll be more comfortable with the club next year, preseason, all that kind of stuff. But at the moment, I just, I just do. It's so hard to envisage a really positive future for him with the club outside of squad. Goal. I think it might end up going the way of the daily blend transfer myself. I think it might last next season, but I think I would, I just would not be surprised if if there's some sort of deal in the future where he goes back to Ajax. I just, yeah, uh, I sort of see the. I understand the comparisons, brilliant, but daily blend played excellently for us I'm not comparing him I'm playing a lot of football for us as well it was clear what he offered and it was mystifying to me that we let him go yeah I'm not comparing him play wise to Blind because I absolutely adored Blind as a player and I think it was criminal we got rid of him (laughs) and my posts on the Man United forum will testify to that I think Blind was a great player I just mean in terms of I can just see yeah I can just see that that exact scenario happening where he might stay next season the same thing happens as this season and he just goes back to Ajax because it's just not worked out. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going that way unless unless something dramatically changes with how he plays. Or I, I I really think he needs to move his position, but we'll see how that goes. I just um, think Ole is so rigid there that that's that's kind of it makes you wonder why we signed him and who signed him and all that kind of stuff, which has been a constant question throughout the year. But I just don't see yeah. Ole having the flexibility to kind of give him the chance there. You well, know? I'll take I'll take him over the Fred and Matic axis any day because hundred percent. I never want to see those two playing midfield. I'd rather go down and try and play football than watching Matic just... I'd rather play with 10 men. I mean, I, I have a bit of a soft spot for Matic, I will say. Like, I, I kind of like the big the big off. And I like him... In, but he is ultimately a player for very, 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 very specific circumstances. So specific that they literally... You could write them down. There's probably like five of them. One is coming on in the 90th minute to kick someone. Uh, the other is against Burnley. I have a lot of time for him on the ball, man. Like, and I think he's a good fella. And I think he's been good for us. But I just think it's so clear now. Yeah, he's for, gone. Yeah. yeah, like if you are... if you are, Matic is probably more useful when you are a goal down and chasing a game against someone who's sitting deep than he is if yeah. you're getting pressed. Like against Leicester. Yeah, it's just the wrong game from. And I think against teams that sit in, really, really sit in, you know, and don't necessarily offer so much on the on the counter, he can be yeah. extremely useful. But it, he can't move. Like the, the <laughs> yeah. second goal, Imran, is just. Well, like, I want to get to that second goal now because that was. I know, just. I mean, there's sometimes I just watch this and think, are we the easiest team in the world to score a goal against? Because my word, that looked like well, not the recently, most simple we're not, thing. We're not, we're not recently. Clean sheets all over well, the place. But I, it's, it's one of those things where you always have that thread coming up in the calf. 
is our defense actually fixed or is it an optical illusion? And I generally think it's often an illusion. Well, I want to get to it. Well, I, I did want to talk about this clean sheet thing later on, but I guess we could talk about it now because people were saying, oh, we haven't conceded a goal for however many, or one goal in however many minutes and we've kept so many clean sheets. But if you look at those clean sheets, I think the only impressive one really was against City and another team I can't remember. But the rest of them, like we, we played West Ham, didn't, didn't care about scoring a goal. Played Sociedad, yep. didn't care about scoring a goal. Played Chelsea. Even Chelsea at home at Stamford Bridge, they didn't care about scoring a goal. So it's all well and good saying we keep these clean sheets, but you know, teams actually have to try and attack us. And today, yeah, City attacked us to be fair. We did that was probably our most impressive clean sheet of the season. But today, like Leicester came at us and I mean they could have had more than definitely more than three. Avadi oh, missed an absolute yeah. golden chance. But that, that second goal, Tielemans, who I think we're all yeah, big fans of on there, and we've, we've mentioned his name a few times on How here. we didn't buy him when he wanted to come when he was just waiting and waiting and waiting and then said, oh, fine, I'll go back to Leicester. It's criminal. It a oh. sin that I cannot forgive. I just can't understand. He was obviously class then. He's even better now. He's played something like 50 games for Leicester already this season. He's so dependable. And he's brilliant. He's a fantastic footballer. Him and Ndidi today just oh, towered above our midfield. Absolutely Boston. But yeah, he just, what, quick, simple one, two around Matic and once you around Matic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, will, you will remain around Matic. <laughs> and then, Fred, just the most feeble attempt to... Like, our players seem very reluctant to just bring down players. They need to, be tra- mm. they, they need, they need to go and be trained by Fernandinho over <laughs> yeah. the summer. Like, literally, just just somebody take them and just explain to them, look, you don't need to be, like, harrying them all the way. Just foul them. Just bring them down. I mean, it, rem- it reminded me of that, that goal that that lad scored against Tottenham in midweek. That third goal yeah. he scored, which was a fantastic goal, but Jesus Christ, yeah, someone just, just pulled just the guy down. Him. Just hack him. <laughs> but yeah, we just let Tillman waltz into our box and boom, bottom corner, 2-1. And I think from then on, I really found it was a, thought it was going to be a long way back for us and we didn't really create anything after that. Did we have a chance after that? Bruno had a free kick, Tellers had a shot wide. and But we didn't really admit, did we make Schmeichel work? Am I missing anything? It's a Martial, Martial header right to death. Oh yeah. I just want to say something right on the chances because I wrote it down when I was making notes throughout the game. How many? Like I don't understand why when we have corners that two things happen. One, Harry Maguire has a free header every single time <laughs> we have a corner. Because probably because opposition's let him now because they don't know he's going to happen. Because he just he just cannot direct the header anywhere useful anywhere with power on target. He just cannot do it. And the second thing is. Every single corner we have is an outswinger. We never, we never, we never put an in-swinging corner in with some pace, just for somebody. You don't even, you know, you know that type of cross that comes in. You don't even need to meet it with power. You can just jump up, flick it to the back post, and it goes in. We don't do that kind of cross at all. Every time we take a corner or a set piece, it's an outswinging cross, which means even if one of our players gets to it, namely Maguire. Okay, he doesn't hit the target, but that it, it becomes so much harder to hit the target because the ball's swinging away from the target, meaning the player who's heading it has to direct all their power as much as they can just to get it on target. Mm. We never we, ever just put a, a flat, yeah. zippy, in-swinging cross in that just gives a player a chance just to get a glancing header on it. The third really cool thing is that when we do lump the high ones to the back post of Maguire and he wins the first header, we show no no interest in the second ball whatsoever. Oh, just in the second complete ball, lack yeah. of movement across the six-yard box. Everyone just standing expecting Harry to header one in from 12 yards, which is just, you know, I mean, he wouldn't header one in from one yard, we've seen, never mind 12 yards. So it's just, it seemed for a short while like we'd, we'd kind of hit a good corner routine with Bruno and Tellez. 
actually whipping ball in pretty well around the penalty spot, exactly what you want. McTominay looking threatening and all the rest of it. And it, it, we've just given up on it again. It's just mad. I, I mean, I don't actually mind in an outswinging corner. Tellers actually takes a pretty good outswinging corner. But the problem is, often these, out, when we've been today especially, our outswinging corners were landing at like, at the edge of the box, as opposed to when you take an outswing corner, you want to yeah. hit it straight, so then it lands around the penalty spot, and we just weren't doing that today with our corners. They were the least threatening thing about us, I thought. Um, it's very hard to get excited when we have a corner, but, you know, um, one thing we are really good at, though, is conceding from set pieces. And <laughs> why did we show that today again? I, 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 I literally, every time we concede from a set piece, I, a bit of me inside dies. Because I just think this is such a simple thing. I, I, I've always thought, right, you should not. There are very few instances you should concede from a set piece. The cross should be perfect, and the header should be perfect for you to concede from a set piece, right? Because it's a situation you can control. You can control who's marking who. You can have men. You can do stuff to put them off. It's really all weighted in your favour to not concede a goal. And yet, somehow, we make it so easy for opposition to score. Like today, uh, Scott McTominay came on and somehow watched Fred and Matthews thought, "That's why I need to imitate." That that performance right there. That's I'll get me some of that. And then just <laughs> I mean, Ian Nacho's at the back post. Just sorry, not Ian Nacho. Ian Nacho, first name Ian, second name Ian Nacho. Ian Nacho. Yeah. Um, just free header. Why not? I'll put this in. Job's done. I, I I I just can't understand it. Like he's a man there. Go mark him. It's not hard, is it? He also gave away the free kick. I think. I see. I don't mind that. I don't mind that specifically because it's it's out wide. Like you know, defend the defend the set piece. Defend it. But, yeah, you know. it was absolutely horrendous, and and he's normally quite responsible. One of the ones you'd be happy to have back yeah. there, you know. So I also thought, you know, big fan of Henderson. Obviously, fear he's now going to get dropped after the international break. But I thought for the second goal, he was quite far off his line, which was mystifying. Which you know, we had about a few steps back, would have given him more time to have a proper dive, even though the the shot is right inside net, and it was a bit bumbling. And then for the um, third goal, he kind of comes like he's going to take it and then gets cross and gets a hand to it. I don't really blame him massively for either, but that's just bad. And that's what I like. The three goals we conceded, like Leicester were good for more goals, to be honest, four or five at least. Um, Ian Ashwell and Barty tore us apart, basically. The midfield was madly superior and they were able to play out from the back extremely um, easily when we couldn't. They were literally better in every department. Um, so they were well worth uh, you know, probably a bigger win. But the three goals we actually gave them, I mean, gift wrapped doesn't begin to describe them. Errors, just just awful. Mm. I mean, that's basically it. We we did our best to let Lister score, and they did it three times. I mean, even that Vardy shot, well, which he, he really should have scored. Could, he should was... just pass it in, yeah. He should be burying that. But they, but they said uh, he, he's not been in no, snatched. Yeah. tremendous form at the moment. So that I think that's just his lack of confidence. But he should have scored... Ian Atchell probably could have scored another one. It was just unbelievable how many chances. Um, I was watching Ian Atchell be very good and was just thinking I would swap him for Martial in a heartbeat and I would never have said yeah, that at any, any point week. in their careers. And maybe that's a form thing. You know, don't get me wrong. He's he, you know he's in, he's in unbelievable form, but he's really had to wait his turn at Leicester when he always he kind of looked like a perennial sub um, for a long time. But it's just, it's not even that he's, a better footballer or anything like he's obviously had good form and he is a talented footballer I think he came up through City didn't he um, yeah. but it's just willingness and, and doing the right thing in the right system you know obviously I think a lot of strikers would like to play off already it's a, you know him kind of endlessly run the channels and create loads of space for you to run into is, is obviously a very nice thing to have but I was just watching him thinking I would take you starting over Martial every single day of the week at the moment and twice on Sundays but the thing is with, with him right and, and that's 
I totally agree I would take him but the reason is it's not even in this game I watched his hat trick last week and the thing he does different to Martial and it maybe just is because Martial isn't this type of player but he, but he an actual gambles yeah, movement he actually movement. tries to he tries to read where the play is going so if Vardy's going wide out on the left he just goes and stands maybe at the back post maybe in the six yard box maybe even outside the box and then just times his run into the box and you can see it with the second goal it's it's just movement to the back post and because we make a mistake he gets the chance and it's like it's the old thing like Shiro says it all the time when match of the day you just need to gamble if you're a forward just think where the ball might go and go there and Martial just never does it it's not just a reflection on today for Martial I just mean he's just not that type of striker and it, it, it just kills you yeah that you think there is a lot of players in the league at the moment you would definitely take over uh, Martial. Nearly all of them. Um, I mean, Ollie Watkins, the list is probably endless. But, um, I mean, for me, it was another nail in the coffin today for Martial. I, just, I was just watching him yeah. being just, just jogging around, offering nothing. I think particularly with Van der Beek, the big issue was they both want to just drift out of the centre. Every time you looked beyond our midfield, there was just this like, massive crater of a hole in the middle of the park. And it was because against admittedly three very 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 good very combative very strong and proactive centre-backs I mean Martial just was not up for that in any way shape or form it was never going to work out you know it was never going to work out unless we were really controlling possession and penning them in I think and um, but you know I think there was that obviously good performance against City in I think very very favourable circumstances and that kind of looked like a false dawn I said at the time do not expect that when he returns to playing against just your average good Premier League centre backs. Now I appreciate the Leicester ones are probably a good bit better than that, but he just won't. He just will not do it for you. Well, yeah, I mean, with Martial now, I just I don't really expect anything. I guess, and anything I get is a bonus, yeah. which is kind of sad when you think about it. But he is he very much, especially after the City game, it just feels like he's very much a a striker who needs to play on the counter. He we need to be countering with Martial, and that's basically not all, but what he's really good for. He's picking it up and just running when he's got a lot of space. But today, like when he's, I mean, Leicester didn't really come push up that. The back three doesn't really push that high up the pitch, and it's just they run the the rest of them team run around like absolute crazy people. I just I just watched him go on and stand behind them loads. You know, I think there was the, like the space was there for someone to stand in, either Van der Beek or Martial, and neither of them ever wanted to. I think it gave Fred and Malich mm. and our fullbacks a big issue because it was barely anyone to hit. You know, you can't just drift out to the sideline slowly. It's not even a run into the channel like a Vardy would make. It's literally just a slow walk, come yeah. jog into you know an area slightly behind the defender it, it causes no issue to a center back whatsoever and you know it's the absolute opposite of number nine play so to me i'm just, I'm just sick of saying it I don't, you know it's it's you get away with it against small teams because you you dominate the ball but when you play any team you know if you played brighton you wouldn't get away with it, you know i get the impression that's why their center half kept splitting wide as well though because they weren't doing it in the first 10-15 minutes of the game leicester but you could see probably from around the 20th minute or maybe when they scored to the end of the game, every time Leicester had the ball, whether it was with Schmeichel or when it was the midfield passing it back to their defenders, their defenders would just split really wide. And it was maybe that's what they planned to do, but I also got the impression it was because within the first 10-15 minutes, Martial did his usual not really putting any pressure at all on the centre-halves. And because of that, they just kept splitting really wide and as Colm said, there's an absolutely massive gap in the mid, uh, up front between their centre-halves. And it's also because they probably knew, we can just split really wide here, have that massive gap. We're under absolutely no pressure because, quite frankly, Martial's not going to come 
running up to try and put pressure on. And that's exactly what happened. And any time he actually eventually ambled towards Johnny Evans or whoever it was, it was the simplest thing in the world just to pass it to the fullback, pass it back to Schmeichel, pass it into midfield to Ndidi. It's it's really frustrating hmm. watching him play. Well, I think the, one of the big things then out of this game is what is our what is the the state of our squad, especially when you look at today and a lot of there's a lot of changes made and a lot of squad quote unquote squad players have come in. But really, if you actually look at it, what Marshall's not a squad player; he should be a first teamer. There's only really Van der Beek and Matic who you'd call are the, the squad options that came in and Tellers, but Tellers a backup yeah. left back. Like yeah. I think as a backup yeah. left back, that's pretty much what you'd get, but. I think it does kind of show where we're at and maybe why Ollie doesn't trust people outside of his first 11, but I think it's actually just putting him in the right circumstances to succeed, I guess, surround him with more first-teamers and don't put Matic... I think a lot of our problems today get solved with Matic and Fred out of midfield, is what I would say. I mean, I think we absolutely lost the game in midfield today. I think you're absolutely correct. Um, I don't necessarily think we would have won the game with a different no, term, but I think but, we would have given a much better showing of ourselves. Um, I also think Bruno just does so much for this team now in terms of leading the press, you know, everything off the ball on the ball that he's basically irreplaceable. Um, but yes, it is. But I also think, you know, you say, oh, well, you know, those those players are first team players and other ones, you know, maybe do just let Ole down. I don't think Ole puts them in a position to to give to even do themselves justice. I well, think that's, that's what where, I was saying. Like, yeah, I think that's where the whole rotation things comes to be such an issue. If you if you wait, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Show them a level of mistrust and a level of mistrust and then you dump them in in a quarterfinal. Like what what on earth are you expecting? It's it's, it's crazy to me. Um but I mean the big the big takeaway for me is that I think well first of all Pogba I thought looked okay again. Thought he looked pretty good, really comfortable on the ball, able to hold players off. Again mm. just looking at that, that little class above to actually beat a man or make something happen. Um, so it, very encouraging. Hopefully, he can play full nineties again sooner rather than later because we'll need him for the running. However, beyond that, our best midfield is still not good enough. You know, there, there needs to be a, a a good defensive midfielder and a good balling ball playing midfielder. And we don't have either at the moment because I don't really count Pogba in that at the moment. You know, in that kind of Fred McTominay, um, Matic axis. I mean, all three. You know, useful players, but you wouldn't necessarily say that they're. Uh, the bright shining future and any of those pairings on their own you know so I just think that's a, a massive hole at the moment that still has been really exposed by Pogba's absence mm. and his unwillingness to play anyone else there like Van der Beek or anyone else yeah and Ole came under a, a little bit of stick I guess this week for his comments about Cups um, I think they got taken out of context a little bit Ole was basically saying that winning a Cup doesn't matter the progression of a team their position in the league does which is I guess accurate like if you're finishing top of the league second in the league it's showing that you're Season after season, it's showing that's where you are, as opposed to just winning a one-off cup. But is it is it the right thing to be saying before a cup game, Jamie? Is all, even though he's, I mean, he did say yeah, winning a cup's like a good, but then it's also just an ego thing for managers. Is is that what you want to be saying before a cup game, Jamie? Um, or does it matter? I think a lot of it was taken out of context because I, I I saw the headlines and immediately thought, well, if that's what you said, that's that's not particularly great. But then when I did sit and listen to him, I did agree with him that the measure of progress is how you do in the league, season on season. The ego thing, okay, that's maybe not a great comment, but I don't really pay too much attention to that because he did say, yeah, you want to win the trophies. Of course you want to win the trophies. You want to be involved at the business end of the season. Um, It's more about this mark of progress. And I, I do tend to agree that we need to be playing to that standard in the league in terms of 
consistently finishing high up as high as we can up the table, second and cha- trying to challenge first, that that is a better measure of progress over a longer period of time. But at the same time, I, I, I did think it is essential that not just for Ollie, but for the squad that we win a trophy this season. And I wrote down in my notes at the start that I was excited for the before I saw the lineups and stuff. I was just excited for the game in general because I would have quite liked to have won won the FA Cup, and I thought it would have been really good for the for the squad itself to try and get their hands on not just the FA Cup but potentially the Europa League and a couple of trophies this season. That would that would have been a real good marker of progress. Um, I don't think what he said had too much of a bearing on how we played per se because I, I just look at a lot of the performances today and while Ollie made some strange decisions I just think a lot of it was just down to loads of players just being miles off where they needed to be but I, I, with Ollie in general I just think sometimes people just read too much into stuff he says I think I think he's one of the few managers that could say stuff in pre, in a press conference it could be totally innocuous and it ends up start, like becoming a huge issue. I don't necessarily mean for the media at large. I just mean among Man United fans. It always seems to be something controversial that he said. And I, I didn't think that particular statement was that controversial. Because as I say, I, I, I agreed with largely what he was saying. Yeah, I guess people will maybe draw a bit too much from it, especially when you look at our team today who really didn't look up for it compared to Leicester who did were up for it. But yeah, I said, I don't think there was much in it. I just thought we'd bring it up just because that was something he said. Um, before we move on, I just want to talk, give a shout out to our sponsor for today, our partners that are Manscaped. Um, did you know that one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? Um, so always remember to check yourself, guys. And that's why we are partnered with Manscaped, who in addition to private, providing the right tools and solutions, for your safe and easy manscaping, they have partnered with Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. So yes, anyway, that's it. They are our sponsors. And if you want to get a great Manscaped package, make sure you get to manscaped.com and use the code UNITEDHOUR to get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping with United Hour. Colm, you've got a package coming in the post, I believe, soon. That sounded weird. You've got some Manscaped <laughs> stuff coming in this post soon, I believe. Are you excited to get your Manscaped? No, Manscaped all. And I was hugely impressed. Um, hugely impressed. The, bo- like the box is just so nice. So many nice things. I love the newspaper. That box is very nice. It's like it's just really well done. Um, I haven't actually had a chance to use um, any of the products, although I was feeling like I might have a nice restful bath tonight after that Uh enraging performance so that may be an opportunity for me to combine my new electrical gadgets with some bath water so i will let you know how it goes well there you go um on the box and, and they obviously provide great rays and stuff but i just want to on, on the box it's such a nice box that it comes in that i actually wrapped the box and put uh, my wife's birthday present in it <laughs> it's such a good quality box probably says, probably says more about you as a husband than it does about their box and furnace but, yeah, uh, it really nice. does um she didn't know she didn't know she thought it was a nice box that i wrapped hey and she'll never know because she never listens to this podcast so anyway <laughs> Get to get to manscaped.com for twenty percent off and free uh shipping using the code United Hour. So anyway, we've got international football coming up. Woohoo. Um hopefully we get a couple of pullouts of people getting injured. Uh, I feel like Luke Shaw should be on the the getting injured and pulling out list, as should Bruno Fernandes, but I doubt both of them will. I think Luke Shaw really wants to cement his place as England's left back and Bruno probably loves playing for Portugal because they are very good. Um but then when we come back, we've got Brighton. Mm. Um, who are just off the back of a 3-0 hammering of Newcastle. 
uh, actually scored three goals in a game, would you believe? So they'll be red hot. Um, the big thing about Brighton is that they like to not score goals and come up with ingenious ways to not score goals, but maybe they put that behind them. But we, uh, we did beat them 3-2 at the, um, the Amex earlier in the season in a crazy game of football. Horrible game. It was a well, it, yeah, it was a very awful. exciting game, but just yeah, we were terrible. If you like, if you like watching uh, Manchester United get pummeled by uh, <laughs> Brighton, then yeah, and hit the bar, hit the bar post four times, was it? Yeah. I think. I think Trossard, um, yeah, yeah. Sully um, March just kept smashing it off the post. But yeah, they're coming to Old Trafford, um, hot off that win. Um, Colin, what do you expect to see from us? I mean, it's difficult because it's after the international break. You don't know what kind of side you'll see put out, but we'd, we'd you'd imagine just straight first eleven from all they know, messing around. Yeah, I think. You know, obviously this defeat will live in the memory, I think. Um, there'll certainly be players wanting to redeem on that. And although, I, obviously, as you've mentioned, a lot of our players will feature in international duty, I still think it's a relatively uh, restful experience as long as there's no injuries picked up. So I would expect quite a fresh squad and basically, a, you know, a full choice starting 11. Um, and I would hope we would dispatch them. Although I do really like Brighton. <laughs> they play such good football for not being able to score any goals. Uh, and they shouldn't be where they are in the league. Um and they are particularly good, actually, against big teams. Um, so it could be tricky enough, but I would expect a win. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, what are you expecting for this game? And Brian actually do have a fairly decent record against big teams, as Colm said. I think, didn't they beat Liverpool? Big team. Beat Liverpool, I think, for who hasn't? You know? <laughs> I'm expecting a win as well, uh, if I'm being honest. Because uh, as much as that was an absolutely barmy game at the start of the season, I kind of put that down to it was just that period of time when we had no pre-season we were struggling with players' fitness and things like that and trying to have players available who were fully fit and what have you. Um, they are playing well, and, and as Colm says, they play really good football, and they are one of the teams that if they were on on a Sunday afternoon or what have you, you wouldn't mind watching because they do play good football. And I think if they had a striker, like a proper striker, they would be miles clear of the relegation zone. Shade but on Danny Walbeck. I do... Th- Scored a good goal against Newcastle. Yeah, ultimate shade. It was a it was a good goal against Newcastle. But I I do think I th- I'm expecting a win, and I think if we just play to our normal capabilities and not today and have the full eleven, it may be three or four one. I think. Yeah, I think I can. Uh, hopefully, I mean we're not the best at home, but we should hopefully be coming out with a win. Um, oh yeah, worth saying we lost away from home today. Not something we usually see. Um, so that was something. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I, one last thing before we go. Does today's loss put more importance on the Europa League column, or is it just whatever Europa League? No, I think it does. Um, Especially because we've got a decent draw against Oviedo. Yeah, Oviedo. It, it is a decent draw, and obviously I think a lot of people will be upset by the Southampton draws we kind of alluded to. You would, you know, no disrespect to Southampton, would probably beat them 9-0 again and be in a final. Um, although a final against Chelsea or City wouldn't exactly fill, fill me with, um, you know, excitement. But big chance, and again, it's another one that's gone, you know, gone away. It wasn't even a semi-final this time, so it's it's definitely a um, a blot on the copybook. And I think it does put more um, emphasis on the Europa League because we are going to be bounced off in the league. That is a fact. You know, it'll be it'll be a good finish to remain second. I mean, that's the other kind of annoying thing about today is that like Leicester are right down our necks you know in the league position and they're a good team and in many ways they just do such good business and i just look at them it's it's annoying to me because i'm like you know it should it should be easier for us to kind of deal with that you know um but yeah i'd rather win the europa than the fa cup anyway so it's kind of handy in that respect but i think he does need to do well in europa you know i think 
I think anything less than a final is is failure. I mean, we're by far and away the best team in that um, competition left. I, I don't think there's any dispute in that. So, you know, a meek second finish or less, and if we go to Europa, it would be an extremely worrying end of the season for me. But hopefully we'll win it. Mm. Jamie, same question to you. Um, I mean, our route to the final is Oviedo, and then what is it, Roma or someone else? I can't remember. But it's a... uh, Roma or um, Ajax. Yeah, I think it is. so tough teams there, but again, teams we should really expect in Man United to beat. Um, so how do you how do you feel about it? The way I look at it is, look, we want to be in the Champions League next year. So yeah, we want to finish top four. If we win the Europa League, that's a good indicator as well. I see people saying stuff like, uh, you know, that that could be tough if we go through and play Roma and Ajax, and you're sitting thinking, well, if if that's tough. What on earth are we expecting in the Champions League next year then? When we go into a much tougher competition, there'll be far harder teams. And that's no disrespect. <laughs> Probably exactly what we got this season, to be honest. <laughs> but, that, but, that's, but that's exactly what I mean. So it's like, you can't, no disrespect to Ajax, Roma, Granada, whoever. If we're worrying about teams like that, I just think, what's the, what's the point in even trying to get in the Champions League then? Because you're going to be meeting teams that are even better than that. So I think with the draw... With the teams that are left in it, I would be thoroughly disappointed if they didn't make the final in the Europa League at least. Mm. And I think if you finish second and you win the Europa League, that's that's actually not a bad season. That's that's oh, pretty yeah. good. Take that all day. That's a decent yeah. season, yeah. that yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. but again, it's Comsif as well. If you finish second, hanging on to second, while Leicester finish right behind us and we don't make the final of the Europa League at least, I think that's kind of a disappointing end to the season if I'm being honest yeah um, I would like to see us win it just because I mean we should really is what yeah, I think yeah like, we should with the teams it's actually with the teams left in that it's much easier to win that competition than the FA Cup yeah that's, that's what I said last week like, yeah. I was not yeah. I was dreading the thought of getting bait off City or Chelsea in a semi-final slash final because it's just so tiresome you know whereas European competition is just better at least you're not playing like the same teams you've already played four times this year do you know yeah. Yeah. Um, ultimately, though, an Arsenal final should be a bit bleh because we we yeah, have a terrible record against Arsenal of late. So hopefully we can avoid. Hopefully they can do an Arsenal and get knocked out at some point. Um, but that'll do it for us today. I think um, we'll be back again. I said after the Brighton game. Please do make sure you follow us on Twitter, United Hour, and on Instagram. Uh, David, our David's doing a lot of good stuff on there. So get get follow on him and put all his good work to use. Um, and as I said at the beginning, we are now. Brought to you by Sports Social Network, and we're very, very grateful to be partnered with them. So, mm. woo, yes, mm-hmm. big changes for us. We're going places. We'll leave you all behind. <laughs> no, we, we really won't. Um, but yeah, until then, say cheers, guys. Cheerio. Good night, trucks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.